The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A. Well, the Buffalo Bills have made their first splashes of the free agency period, the tampering period, before the start of the 2020 NFL League year. As always, I encourage your questions to come in for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at RumlingsQ&A, email buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook messages and Instagram messages. Today's podcast format will be a little bit different. We're just going to go through the top 10 news-related items from the first 24 hours of the NFL tampering window and kind of what the Bills have done over the last day as a big recap of what's going on. We won't be taking any questions this week, uh, but please send in your questions for next week's episode and we will definitely get to them. Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo, Shaq Lawson isn't, and a whole lot more to get to. So stay tuned. Of course, we're going to start with Diggs and what he brings to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills were lacking that number one wide receiver. Uh, They had great production from John Brown and Cole Beasley, but they needed something else. They needed one more option to kind of put their wide receiver core over the top. And if you look at what the Bills defense or the Bills offense did over the last six or seven games in 2019, they went to a ton of three wide receiver sets. This is going to allow them to continue with those three wide receiver sets, but now with three high-priced free agents. Uh, I told you at the beginning of the offseason, I didn't think that the Bills were going to go out and sign a free agent. One of the reasons was because of how much it was going to cost. The fact that they already had significant money tied up in Cole Beasley and John Brown. They didn't want to add a third one, but I, of course, was wrong. Looking at the NFL landscape right now, not knowing how much time folks are going to have in the facility this offseason, um, looking at wide receivers in the past that were drafted and how it t- usually takes them or a year or two to get acclimated to the NFL. The Buffalo Bills, instead of tr- choosing to draft a wide receiver, use that first round pick and some later round picks to, to get Stefan Diggs, a guy that could come in and contribute right away. Uh, he's a guy that uh, really fights for the ball. He's very good in contested catches. He's good at uh, route running and getting open and then creating some yards after the catch. 
I've heard him compared to Cole Beasley favorably, like a bigger, stronger version of Cole Beasley. So there's lots to like about the Stefan Diggs trade from the perspective of Diggs, the player. And you can check out Bruce Nolan's podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network from last night, where he went a little bit more in-depth to what Diggs brings to the table. I wanted to talk about his contract. Uh, He's scheduled to make about $12 million a year over the last four years of his deal. Uh, That's awesome when you compare it to the five-year $100 million deal that uh, Amari Cooper just signed. The Bills are getting you know, a guy of, of Cooper's capability, but for a fraction of the cost. It's hard to know how long Diggs is going to be happy with that contract before he holds out or asks for a new contract, but I would think that we'll get at least the 2020 season from him, or we'll get one of those LaShawn McCoy contract extensions where we give him a little bit of money up front and take it away from a little bit of the money that comes later and give him you know a year or two at the end of the deal, something like that to keep him happy. That remains to be seen. As far as the trade compensation, the Bills gave up roughly the equivalent of the 18th overall pick to get Stephon Diggs. I'm totally happy with that, especially if they looked at the wide receiver crop coming in and saw a lot of question marks. If you look at the compensation for Diggs as opposed to the compensations for DeAndre Hopkins, who was traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals, it looks like the Bills gave up a lot. But in reality, if you just look at it in a vacuum, that's what the going rate is for a starting wide receiver in the NFL. Amari Cooper got a first-round pick for the Dallas uh, from the Dallas Cowboys to the then-Oakland Raiders. If you're trading for a worthwhile receiver, you're going to spend a first-round pick. That's just what it's going to be. So I'm okay with them spending that when they were going to use the first-round pick on a wide receiver anyway, especially because it was a late-round pick in the first round. Diggs is going to be able to come in and really help Josh Allen in his third year. And if he doesn't, I think you know that Josh Allen's not your guy. So I think it's going to help the Bills going forward one way or the other. We've got articles on all of that stuff over at buffalorumblings.com. If you look inside the tracker that's uh, tagged right at the top of the page, you can see how the trade came together, how the contract is structured, and what the Bills gave up to get Stefan Diggs all in one place in that tracker, where you can find all of our information on free agency, both the comings and goings of the 2019-2020 Buffalo Bills and the free agency period. Let's move next to Mario Addison, the defensive end from the Carolina Panthers. The Bills have some unique insight on Addison, and not just because Sean McDermott worked with him when he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. The Bills hired the the Bills hired former Panthers defensive coordinator Eric Washington uh, this offseason to be their defensive line coach. He saw Addison every day last year. He knows what Addison still has left in the tank, even at the age of 33. He, he saw what Addison can bring to the pass rush. I don't think this is the final word on the pass rush this offseason. I still think they're going to draft a player to kind of come in. Um, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are both old. Trent Murphy is, you know, not a spring chicken himself, but he's also, you know, not very productive. So the Bills are going to probably add at least one more pass rusher, probably a young one, in the 2020. NFL draft. But I like the Addison signing. Uh, He's a good culture guy. He's productive. He fits and and kind of checks all the boxes that the Bills need out of a defensive end in the 4-3 that Sean McDermott runs. He's just perfect for it. That's why Brandon Bean was on the staff that signed him when he was signed off the Chicago Bears practice squad to the Carolina Panthers. It's why he's being signed by the Bills now. Before we move on from Addison, his last four years, in the Carolina Panthers defense, 
nine and a half sacks, nine sacks, 11 sacks, and nine and a half sacks. And he's got a great pass rush efficiency as well. I'm excited for the Addison signing. Linebacker A.J. Klein is another former Carolina Panthers player that is going to end up on Sean McDermott's defense. He was in Carolina for the first four years of his career from 2013 to 2016. For the last three seasons, he's been in New Orleans, and uh, he plays multiple positions at linebacker. He's probably going to uh, mainly slot in as the Lorenzo Alexander replacement, so a rotational linebacker. He does play a bunch of special teams as well, uh, but he, but Klein can also back up the other linebackers. He can play more snaps if a guy like Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds goes down. He can just slide over into, say, the nickel linebacker role and um, play a little bit of coverage. He's not as good as Milano and Edmonds there, but he can he can hold that down maybe a little bit better out in space than, than Lorenzo Alexander was able to. So they're able to fill Lorenzo Alexander's special team snaps, and they're able to fill his linebacker role in addition to get a little bit more depth behind Milano and Edmonds. So it's a definitely a win. They are going to pay him a little bit more than, than maybe a few of you wanted. We don't have the exact contract details yet, um, so I, I'm not going to talk about them, but it's it's probably a little bit more than you want to spend based on early reports. But you also have to remember that he was their second choice at linebacker. They had Christian Kirksey in for a visit and uh, were apparently in on him a little bit, the former Browns linebacker uh, who ended up with the Green Bay Packers. So they weren't willing to spend that much on Kirksey, but they spent a little bit less on A.J. Klein to come in and play that kind of rotational linebacker and special teams role that Lorenzo Alexander filled for the last several seasons. The last new signing as of now is another linebacker. It's former Pittsburgh Steelers special teams ace Tyler Matakevich. Matakevich has a glorious ginger beard and 77 tackles over his first four seasons. He's clearly a depth option for the Bills. He's only started one game throughout his career. What he has done is play 79% of the Steelers' special team snaps in 2019, 69% the year before, 64% the year before that, and 21% the year before that. So he's a special teams player that's going to come in and uh, compete for that role with the team. The last player I wanted to get to in this first half of the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A episode is Quentin Spain, who officially re-signed with the Buffalo Bills this Monday. Uh, pen to paper, everything's done, everything's agreed to, the team announced it and everything. The Bills got a starting left guard or a starting caliber left guard for about $5 million a season. When you see some of the other offensive lineman contracts that have come out over the last day, you realize how good of a bargain it is, but you also realize, or at least you should realize, that it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the starting guard come opening day on 2020. They could have him as a reserve guard like they did with Spencer Long last year. The point is that that contract isn't prohibitive for the Bills to keep him on the roster, even if he's not the starter. And then after 2020, it's a one-year deal and another one-year deal for a very reasonable amount of money. They can cut him with very little dead cap going forward, and so they give themselves flexibility in the long run. So what have the Bills done in the first wave of free agency? They've really set themselves up for the 2020 NFL Draft. They have filled holes at wide receiver, at linebacker, at defensive end, and at left guard by re-signing Quentin Spain. Their biggest holes on the team are now accounted for. They also added Josh Norman last week or the week before to fill 
uh, hole at cornerback with the loss of Kevin Johnson. So the Bills have really set themselves up to be able to take the best available players at several spots. And then if they see one of the guys that they really like falling, they've got the draft capital to trade up and get that guy like they did with Dawson Knox last year at a position of need. So the Bills have really set themselves up in this first week, the first day of free agency, feels like a week, but they've set themselves up during this first day of free agency to really be able to attack the rest of the offseason when they see a value. And I don't think the Bills are done in free agency yet. There's several other positions where they could add a starter, or depth options. When we come back, we'll talk about some of those positions as well as where some of the free agent bills are going. Before we get into our next topics, I wanted to remind you, you can call in your questions at 716-508-0405 for next week's episode. Once things have calmed down a little and we're not just recapping news, we'll be able to get back to your questions. You can tweet us at rumblingsqa, that's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email is buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comments section of our show notes over at buffalorumblings.com. You can send us Facebook messages or Instagram messages over on those social media platforms as well. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show for your questions for next week's episode and beyond. As big as some of the trades and contracts have been since the start of free agency or the tampering window or whatever you want to call it, by far the biggest news it came out on Tuesday morning when Tom Brady announced that he was not going to be returning to the New England Patriots. He met with Patriots owner Bob Kraft last night, and the two of them kind of had this conversation of, I'm moving on, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, as of the recording of this podcast, Brady hasn't said where he's going. There's still a couple teams in play, but the Bills are probably the prohibitive favorites in the AFC East right now with quarterback uncertainty in Miami, quarterback uncertainty in New England, and the New York Jets kind of being a hot mess under Adam Gase. The Bills made the playoffs last year. They've got everybody returning from their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and head coach, their starting quarterback, their top playmakers on offense, plus they added Stephon Diggs. It's really more open in the AFC East than it has been for 20 years. The Patriots have tied for or won outright the AFC East division championship like every year for the last 18, 19 years, something like that. So it's really remarkable that we're looking at this precipice of a torch passing, hopefully, to the Buffalo Bills, who are poised to take over the division if Josh Allen and the rest of the team can take that next step and be consistent on a year-to-year basis. Turning our attention back to the Buffalo Bills, the Bills had two players sign some pretty big deals Elsewhere, Shaq Lawson was the first one. He signed a three-year deal with the Miami Dolphins worth $30 million. Uh, it, it's a great contract for him. We projected him at about $8.67 million per year. Spot Track had him at $7.2 million per year, I think. So, I mean, Lawson signed a very good deal for him with the Miami Dolphins. Jordan Phillips on Tuesday agreed to a three-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. We don't have contract numbers for that yet, but it's going to be real interesting when those numbers come out to see what the Bills weren't willing to pay Jordan Phillips, their three-tech defensive tackle for the last two seasons, who really had a nice year in 2019 and got paid as a result of that. 
The Bills replaced Lawson with Mario Edison, who we already talked about in this podcast, but they don't really have an answer at three-tech defensive tackle just yet. You could see them draft somebody in uh, April, or you could see them sign another veteran uh, kind of in the second wave of free agency. That's kind of more where I'm leaning, somebody that can um, kind of mentor and be there for Shaq Lawson, who's going into his second year as a three-tech defensive tackle, maybe teach him a little bit of the, of the tricks of the trade. Um, so that's why I'm kind of leaning for kind of one of those second or third tier uh, three-techs who can come in and play just 40% of the snap and, um, and really help Oliver develop his game. Cornerback Kevin Johnson also seems to be on his way out. There was a report out of a Denver TV station on Tuesday morning that the Denver Broncos were interested in bringing him in as their new slot cornerback. Uh, He didn't really play in the slot in Buffalo, but he did cross-train there during training camp in the offseason. He's a guy that can come in and and really give them some high-quality snaps at the cornerback position. Uh, They just got A.J. Boye from the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they have a solid uh, pair of cornerbacks. They just need that kind of interior guy, a depth option. So we'll see what his contract numbers come back to be as well. Uh, The Bills essentially moved on from him when they re-signed Levi Wallace to his one-year exclusive race free agent tender and added Josh Norman for his $6 million figure. Those two guys seemingly are going to fight for it. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't have brought back Johnson, uh, but it lowered the likelihood that they needed to bring back Johnson. In all likelihood, the Bills are still going to add another cornerback this offseason. And that could be a guy like Chris Harris, who is coming from the Denver Broncos. Uh, The Bills reportedly had interest in Harris. He was the first free agent that we actually talked about during the tampering window. He could come in and play outside or as that nickel cornerback, slot cornerback. The Bills are making a concerted effort to add folks at that nickel cornerback position. They hired a nickel uh, coach for their defense. They played in it about 50% of the time last year. So it it pretty much is their base defense. So having three quote-unquote starters at the position would be super helpful for them. Plus, you would need depth behind if somebody like uh, Wallace, Norman, and Trey White were your three quote-unquote starting cornerbacks. Then you would need somebody behind them who could step in and play if one of them goes down or is ineffective. So it is not going to be the last cornerback that the Bills add this offseason, whether that's Chris Harris, whether that's a guy in the draft, whether it's both, whether it's somebody else. uh, That's definitely a position to keep an eye on this offseason. The Bills did make one other interesting move reported by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. They declined to give the restricted free agent tender to Isaiah McKenzie, which would have paid him just over $2 million a year for the 2020 season to be on the roster. And then he would have been able to kind of shop his services around, uh, but the Bills would have been able to match whatever offer somebody got, uh, somebody gave him from another NFL team. McKenzie played a lot of snaps last year. He was a big part of their offense, but that doesn't necessarily mean they wanted him to be a part of their offense going forward. And if the Bills have John Brown, Cole Beasley, and now Stephon Diggs on the roster, how many snaps is he really going to get as the fourth wide receiver at best? So it's interesting that the Bills didn't tender him. We anticipated that. I suggested earlier this offseason that the Bills wouldn't tender him at that $2 million figure, but would instead bring him back for a league minimum salary of less than a million dollars. 
they could still do that, of course. He's going to be able to hit free agency and kind of see what he gets. He could always end up back on the Buffalo Bills in his limited role that he did have in Buffalo's offense with Josh Allen doing the jet sweep motion and um, kind of being their little gadget player uh, at the wide receiver position. Our Twitter question of the week is going to wrap up this week's episode. Lupus Thunder asked us over at Buff Rumblings, any chance Bean tries to trade back into the end of the first round for a pass rusher? I do think that there is a really good chance that the Bills are going to trade up in the draft. Maybe it's not all the way from the bottom of the second round up into the first round. That would be a really tall order. Uh, putting together a package that can move them up there would be significant. It would probably cost them next year's first round pick, and I don't necessarily want to do that for a guy that's falling to the end of the first round. But I could definitely see them moving up from, say, the bottom of the second round to the top or, like, I don't know, right around the 10th pick in the second round for somebody that was on their board with a first-round grade that's falling down. That's what they were able to do with Tremaine Edmonds. That's what Brandon Bean did with Dawson Knox last year. He sees guys that are falling that he has high grades on, and he goes up and gets them, uh, not necessarily at the top of the first round or back into the first round like he did with Tremaine Edmonds. He was able to do that because he had the capital to do that. But I could definitely see them moving up into you know the the top of the second round moving up from the third round into the bottom of the second round again to take somebody that they really liked they do have a few needs that they need to address uh, the defensive end position as you suggested the defensive tackle position they do need to start using some of these draft picks more effectively now that they've traded away their wiggle room as part of the stefan diggs deal thanks for your question over on twitter at buff rumlings all of you guys can send in your questions for next week's episode right now. That's going to do it for our special edition NFL free agency kickoff special here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. For next week, get your questions in at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us Rumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us Facebook messages and Instagram messages. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show as we head into kind of the second wave of NFL free agency, as we start getting ready for the 2020 NFL draft, and as we keep washing our hands and staying away from other people. Go Bills!